please tell us something about your musical education. Oh, man. Um, well, you know, I have both, I think, a, a formal education to a certain extent and a lot of informal education. I think my, my formal education was really I started, um, I started piano lessons when I was about four years old. And, you know, I grew up in a very musical family. My, um, my mom was, was a singer in a choir. She was a solo singer. And so they always had the choir practices and everything at, at our house in the basement. And we had a piano in there. And so being around that, you know, I started picking up on, on melody and they, they taught me a little bit. But then I started piano and my instructor was, was a conductor in Vienna And he moved to Los Angeles to to retire, and he started teaching students. And so most of my education really came from from him because he would teach me not only piano, but at the same time, half of our lesson was music theory and music history and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then when I got to college, I did a couple of years in college in music. Um, again, a lot of the theory I had learned growing up playing piano and, and, and learning from him. But, you know, I got... I got a lot of my, I would say, practical education by playing in bands, which is funny enough. You know, I joined a band uh, just my at the end of college, and I went on tour for, you know, four or five years, and I was playing all around, and I think that really taught me more than any sort of education could because, you know, playing with a band and playing live, you learn how to feel the, you know, the environment, the situation, and you learn how to improvise and and you know, pick up on what other people are doing. And, you know, I don't think the same way as the other guitar player or the drummer or the bass player or anyone else in the band for that matter. So if they start writing something, I have to kind of adapt and learn around that. And I think that was the most, um, I would say, beneficial part of my education was just kind of very informal playing, just playing around music with people. And um, what kind of a band was it? Um, country or rock or? No, it was more rock. It was like mm -hmm. indie rock kind mm -hmm. of, you know. Uh, I, I wouldn't listen to the music now, but <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, you know, you're young and, and whatnot. But yeah, it was mainly indie rock. Mm -hmm. Great. And what is your favorite instrument within or outside an orchestra? And why is that? I would say within the orchestra, It's either going to be, I love solo cello, so whenever there are solo cello passages, and I love, you know, again, as a solo instrument, I, I love the piano. It's my, fa it's my favorite instrument. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you can, you can combine the piano, you know, the piano concerto as part of the orchestra, or there's a solo cello passage. But I would say, really, the, either it's got to be between cello and French horn. I just, I love the French horn. Especially live, hearing a French horn live, or you know, is gorgeous. Um, and then outside of orchestra, if we're not using any of those instruments, I would say Spanish guitar, classical guitar. You know, nylon, if it's played well, I think is is very beautiful and it's very personal, and I, I love that about it. Mm -hmm. And um, how many instruments do you play? Uh, do I play well or <laughs> do I play poorly? Um, or in general, <laughs> I play very, very many instruments poorly. Um, no, I would say that I can play 
my main instruments really are piano uh, and guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, I can obviously I can play bass because of the guitar ideology, and um, and I can play drums. And I have fairly recently on scores I've played um, the mandolin as well, which is essentially you know it's violin tuning, but you play it like a guitar. Um, in, in a way, there's different techniques to the mandolin, but I would really say uh, piano, guitar, bass, drums, mandolin, and I used to play the violin when I was a, when I was young in a children's orchestra. However, I recently have picked up the violin, and it's I'm horrible. I'm the absolute worst violin player in the world, and uh, I don't think I'll be continuing that instrument. Hmm. So when you write music for a violin, then you uh, yeah, <laughs> don't play itself. I don't. <laughs> no, I, I you know do everything on the on the computer. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I, I just I would rather not hear myself play play the violin. It, it's horrible. You know, when when children start playing the violin for the first time, it's one of those instruments where you never want to, you never want your kid to learn the violin because the learning curve on the violin is so steep that for the first year or so, it just sounds like a cat in pain, mm. you know, but I'm much worse than that. Mm. Just put it in perspective. <laughs> right. Um, and how is your approach in composing music? Wow, it's very, you know, I'm very personal when it comes to it. I'm, I'm um, when, when I get down to play, or to, to compose, I'm sorry, when I get down to compose or write, um, I, I try and take whatever I'm seeing on, let's say, for example, it's for a film or for whatever. I take whatever I see on the screen and I watch the film without the music, uh, you know, a couple times. Or I started thinking about the character and the person who I'm going to write with, and then I turn off the TV. I turn off this, you know, my my projector that's playing the the film, and I internalize it. I, I I try to become that character and what they would feel and what they're feeling, and and try and reflect whatever emotion or or anything that's happening. Um, Within me, if I were to be that that character or that persona, I try and reflect that in the music, and I it just, I get very personal with it. Um, essentially, it's just whatever makes me <laughs> whatever makes me feel something. I always hope that other people will feel as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and who are your personal or musical idols, if you have them? Of course. Um, You know, you have your your you know, the people that inspire you the most, and everyone everyone has many. I don't care who you are. You have many influences, and for me, really, I think you know, growing up, funny enough, my my not only musical hero but kind of just hero as a person was Beethoven. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to carry around a little, you know, a bust of Beethoven, a little porcelain statue. It was maybe the size of an iPhone. And, uh, you know, being seven years old, eight years old and carrying around a little statue of Beethoven didn't make me the most popular kid in school. <laughs> But um, it was, you know, really Beethoven. And then musically, as I started to get grow older and not even older, you know, I was about 10 years old when I first heard um, uh, Edward Scissorhands and 
you know, I was a fan of Oingo Boingo at the time, being even 10 years old. I just, you know, I didn't go buy the music, but I, in my family, we had Oingo Boingo. And, you know, I really liked Oingo Boingo. And, um, you know, seeing, hear, hearing that and seeing it with the images on the screen really, that was my first introduction to film music. And so Danny Elfman inherently became uh, a very big inspiration to me. Um, Philip Glass as well. And as I got, I, I'd say probably about 10 years ago, nine, 10 years ago, I first heard the score for The Time Machine by Klaus, uh, Klaus Battle. And um, I fell in love with that score. And so I think really in, in terms of film music, my, my biggest influences, I, I would have to say, uh, you know, Klaus, Danny and uh, Philip Glass. And of course, you know, the old, old ones, you know, Bernard Herrmann and Neil Morricone, um, Maurice Jarre. Um, Henry Mancini stuff like all of that you know you wouldn't be anywhere with them without them mm-hmm. uh, but I, really the people that still stick are like I said Klaus uh, Danny uh, Beethoven you know Chopin was a very big influence because I loved what he did for the solo piano I think that what he brought it into a main, very mainstream kind of personal sound whereas before it was very flashy or it was in very um, complicated forms, a sonata form and you know stuff like that, where you had different sections to it, and it was very long pieces of music, and it was very you know they're very difficult, and they went through different changes, and you know what Chopin did for the for the piano was he you know he he made it something very personal and simple and a little emotional and sad, and you know pieces of music were allowed to be only six minutes long and. Um, and and simple, yet the melodies were, were were spot on, you know. There weren't very many notes, but the notes that were there worked perfectly. And I you know, I love that. Wow. Yeah. And um besides of music, uh what is inspiring you? You know, of course, personal relationships, whether it's family, friends, um boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, stuff like that. You know, all all of that really I think when you're a musician, you kind of take everything that happens around you very, very personally, always, you know, that that's just the nature of you as a person. And I think all of that really inspires me, whether it's positively or negatively, in one way, it's inspiration. And that really does inspire me, you know, my 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 day to day interpersonal interactions. Um, and I think what really inspires me to to write other than the character that I'm writing for, or if I'm writing for myself, is the people the people that may or may not uh, listen to this music. You know, I always feel that there's probably some kid, you know, in 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 a country seven thousand miles away that I don't know ever, and what I'm writing, he's gonna listen to in his headphones. Maybe he's, yeah, he's having a bad day, and he may put on a piece of mine and listen to it, and it may become his favorite piece of music, and he you know, inherently connects that piece of music with stuff he goes through in his daily life and it becomes a thing that he always comes back to. And I don't want to let that person down, you know. So I have this pretend inspiration of these people that may listen to my music and and, and fall in love with it. And that's really what, what keeps me going. You know, I think that when all is said and done and, and you die and you move on, um, it's all about what you've left behind. And if I can leave behind something that makes people feel something, then uh, that's my inspiration. Wow. I got kind of heavy there. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And what was your uh, very first assignment as a free music composer? Um, well, I mean, as a, comp you know, I'd say about five, six years ago, I got asked to do a student film for a graduation project at a film school for a local film film school in Los Angeles, now Orange County, actually. And um, that was really it. It was a 12-minute, 15-minute film, and I think I did like four minutes of music for it, and it was, I was really bad. <laughs> and, you know, there was that film music. And then I think my first official assignment, you know, being um, – composer with Klaus or you know in, where I am now was just doing these little they're called source cues or or little kind of stings where they're 20 seconds long or 30 seconds long mm -hmm. of of stuff that really isn't part of the score but it you know it's just kind of to get you from one scene to another a really quick thing um I started doing little things like that and then I started arranging for the big scores you know where I, I take music that's already been written or, you know, kind of mapped out, the idea is all there, and I assign the correct notes, the correct instruments, and do the programming and make it sound good. And, you know, I started doing a lot of that on a film called Purel uh, three and a half years ago. It's a French movie. It actually got remade here in the United States. I think it was called Anything for Her. Or no, The Last Three Days oh, uh, that Danny Elfman ended up scoring, um, <laughs> funny enough. So I think that, yeah, the first film that I really arranged – uh, a, a good amount on what was that one and um, you know three years later Danny Elfman did the score of the remake <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's kind of a funny little series of events mm -hmm. I'm sure our great uh, honor and <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah you like uh, enjoy or uh, yeah writing uh, themes for characters um, or yeah, settings, or do you try more to describe the mood of a particular movie? <clears throat> That's a good question. I, I'm i more character-driven. Mm -hmm. I think that the mood of the movie, even if I'm scoring a scene and it doesn't have a lot to do with a certain character, I think that mood is set based on the themes that you've written for the, you know, the main characters. And to me, if I have you know, three or four main main themes or five main ideas or themes or motifs or sounds. Um, I write those mainly, you know, usually for the character. And then if a mood has to be set, I set it using whether it's the same um, harmonic family as the theme, as this, you know, the piece that I wrote for one of the characters, or I'm trying to subconsciously connect this mood with this character that isn't on scene but it has something to do with this character, then you use those same notes, maybe played with a different instrument, much slower, but it's the same idea, but the listener or the viewer doesn't really know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, they don't hear that theme, but they feel the same thing they felt when they first heard the theme. Um, but I'd say it's very much character driven for me. Mm -hmm. Um, are there any soundtrack albums by other composers in your music collection at home? Oh yeah, geez. Um, again, you know, I, of course, you know, you have John Williams. Um, I have a lot of Klaus. I have a lot of Dan I have all of Danny Elfman. Um, a lot of Sil Alan Silvestri. I think he's just he's brilliant. Um, 
you know, of course, you have some Hans in there. Um, did I say Philip Glass? I have a lot of Philip Glass. I think what Philip Glass did for the hours was uh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, you know, there, there's a, a piece called The Poet Acts, and it's kind of, the, you know, the, the theme for the, the film, but it's absolutely gorgeous. I can listen to that two, three times a day and um, never get sick of it. Um, but yeah, now I have to like pull in my iTunes library and start listing off names. But yeah, of course, I have tons of, of film music, you know. And it's, it's very... You know, it's very good to listen to film music because you get a good idea of what you may not have done and it's a very good learning experience I think I think if a composer tells you that they don't listen to film music or they don't get inspired from it and they're a film composer I think they're a little um, they're a little <laughs> excuse my language they're a little full of shit mm-hmm. um, but you know, at some point you go through periods like for example myself when I go to compose or start writing the themes for a film I will not listen Usually I will not listen to other um, film music or a lot of music in general I won't listen to because I don't want to inadvertently um, write something that sounds like something I was just listening to, even though I didn't mean to. So, but, you know, of course, you know, a lot of times it comes on, I listen to it and yeah, I have a lot of uh, film composers in in my iTunes library. Too many to remember or list. Wow. Um, what do you think is the best thing about composing music? Wow. Um, I think there's two parts. One, selfishly speaking, I think the best part is being able to express my emotions and let them out. You know, it's kind of like a, like a drain or a filter or having a big sponge that's full of water and the water is your emotions and you're full of emotion or feeling, whether it's your action or adventure or sorrow or anything, um, and being able to squeeze that out and remove all the water and, and, and clear your head. I think that's part one. And part two is being able to take that emotion that you just took out of your sponge and put it into someone else. And that for me is the, my favorite part is if someone can listen and say, wow, that gave, that gave me chills or, God, that made me really excited hearing that. It made me very happy. I was in a bad mood and I listened to this and it made me very happy. And that's the best part to me is being able to touch and affect other people that I don't know and I haven't talked to and I haven't met. And the only way to communicate is through music and they hear something and they feel the same thing that I felt. Or maybe they felt something completely different. And I, you know, I find that interesting that if I play a piece that feels incredibly sad to me, um, and someone hears it, and for them, it's it's incredibly um, inspiring. You know, that's really interesting to me. So I think that, you know, that's the best part is what you can really instill into other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, and is there something that makes it less fun for you? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> the the deadlines. I think mean, just the sheer amount of work. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first thought scoring film music, oh, I'm just going to, you don't pay attention to all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. You think someone just takes your music and just spreads it around the film. You just write 10, 15, 20 minutes of music. But the, really, it's just, it's so, so much work. And it's, you have to absolutely love it. Otherwise, you're never going to last. You know, you get a film and they say, okay, in four weeks, we're going to be scoring, you know, you're going to be recording the orchestra and everything. So that means 
you have four weeks to spot the film, which is, you know, where you, you choose where the music's going to go in the film and for how long and everything. You have four weeks to do all that and write all the music. And generally, you know, the amount of music in a film used that you hear in the final film is between, you know, 45 and 70 minutes. And then outside of that, people don't realize that, wait, those were all, that's all the music that actually made the cut. You know, you're not including all the rewrites and, you know, all the changes that you have to do. So you end up writing over 100, easily, over 100, 120 minutes of music in four weeks. Wow. Um, four or five weeks. And that's the part that you end up not liking the most. Because, you know, they, they never care about the music. They say, oh, we've been in production for, you know, six months, eight months, and everyone takes their time or a year. And then, you know, the editing takes months and months. And then they say, okay, you have three weeks. Finish hmm. the score. <laughs> Give us some time here. You know, we can't. The deadlines have been set. The marketing is coming out. The advertising is coming out. And we have to be in the theaters in six weeks. Like, okay. Well, here we go. Hmm. It's always a scary process. I think that the hardest part is when you first get the film. Hmm. Choosing the color palette, the sounds, the themes, the notes, the... You know, I always think that I'm going to walk into the studio one day and I'm going to sit down in the morning and I'm going to have a complete brain block or I won't be able to think of anything. And I'm always wondering, okay, is today the day? Okay, no, today's okay. <laughs> okay, Is tomorrow the day where I'm going to come in and be completely blank? So that's that's a hard part. That's a tricky part. Mm -hmm. And um, what about temp, uh, temp music? Um, do you yeah. orientate on this and... I'm sorry, what was the question again? Um, camp music, uh, do you, yeah. Well, you know, there's, every, almost every project comes with mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the temp in there and what the director and the editor thinks, the, the feel and the style and not, you know, of course, not the notes, but just more about the idea and the feel. And they put it in there more for blocking for them so they know the in and out where the music starts and stops for all the scenes and everything. Um, you know, I really try not to listen to the temp music because it can really send you down the wrong path. Just because it's there doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. You know, you got hired as a composer to, to make your own music. They want what you can do, you know? So um, it's a good, I, you know, I think for me, the temp, the best part about it is it gives a topic of conversation and you get to know the director and what he wants and what his feelings are more than the actual music itself. So I think as a, as a, as a tool for understanding and communication, it's great. Um, but that's about as far as it should go. Mm -hmm. Never try and do what the temp does. And how big is the influence from the producers and direct directors when you're writing music? So say they make it so or... <laughs> Yeah, they, um, it's, you know, it's fairly big. Of course, there are some directors that are very musical. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and there are some that are more on the, I'd say, you know, numbers side where they just want the music there and they want it to do something and they want to not hate it. But as long as, you know, it, it really depends the kind of director you get. If you get the director or producers that are fairly musical they have a good you know good amount of influence of course they don't tell you the notes to write 
Um, but they can tell you exactly when they like something, when they don't like something, when to come in, when to come out. And generally speaking, if you have a good director, the director knows all the characters and he knows what's going on behind the scenes. He knows what's happening at the end of the movie, so you have to know what to do in the beginning. And it's very important because he can tell you exactly, oh, no, 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 don't play that theme here because it, something bad, you know, it, he's not being extreme, he's not being very good, for example. Or, you know, we don't, maybe no music at all will, will help the scene, which a lot of times um, I agree with. Um, but they have, I'd say they have a pretty good influence if they're a musical director. Mm-hmm. And if not, then, you know, they mainly tell you when to start, when to stop, and when it feels good, but that's about it. And the rest is up to you. Okay. Um, out all of your scores, um, which one is your personal favorite? Oh. Um, I'd say the one I just finished. It's for a film called Yoko. Mm-hmm. It's a, a you know kids movie, and the story is you know about a little girl that finds uh, a yeti that's got here on accident, got to you know her house. I mean, she he shows up in her treehouse, and um, she finds him on accident, but she's very sad. You know, her father has passed away, and her mother and her little sister have moved into a new house. And um, for me, even though it's a kids movie, you know, I got to do a lot of fun fun little stuff with bells and different sounds and cool instruments. But to me, there was a side of it that was very emotional. And uh, I think that the the diversity of the score in terms of there's some action and then there's some fun stuff, funny music, and then there's also a lot of sad stuff. Uh, I think that would really make it my favorite as of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, It's a, a German movie, I, um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, yeah, how did you get this job for this German movie? Um, you know, just through our internal, you know, agent. We, we have, you know, we, we've done a couple of their films in the past with, with Klaus. Mm-hmm. I don't really know exactly. They approached Klaus and myself. And um, so we have a kids movie. And they want an aspect of action and adventure and they also want an aspect of emotion and <laughs> they knew we kind of do all of that and i think being that we we've done two films with them in the past which was you know lily the witch and uh lily the witch too they they liked the music and they decided to come to us and Klaus said well what do you think how do you feel about the score you know the film the score and i watched the film and i said it's very cute i like it a lot and um i think there's a lot of room for uh diverse amount of music you know let's write a couple themes and see what they like and so i wrote i wrote some themes and they they luckily <laughs> they like them a lot this, this is you know perfect for the film let's let's go mm-hmm. great that's pretty much it and then you know you have six weeks and <laughs> five weeks and you have 80 minutes of music mm-hmm. yeah um you were in munich to mix nuts <laughs> yeah yeah you came down to the to the mix to ari yeah Hmm. And I saw a few scenes, and wow, it's great. Um, I'm looking forward. <laughs> Thank you, me too. <laughs> um, on February it started, I think. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, I don't know, second week of February. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in the theaters, and I think it's going to be at the Berlin Film Festival and a bunch of other film festivals, and I think it's going to have a pretty good... Um, 
you know, worldwide release through Sony Columbia. And, and hopefully, you know, I don't know where everyone is listening to these interviews. But of course, it's going to be Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and I'm sure it's going to be throughout Spain and Italy, I believe, and some Asian countries. And so I think it's going to have good distribution. It'll be it'll be around. Mm -hmm. Wow. How does it come to the collaboration with Klaus Badelt? Yeah, um, I started with him for just, I think, just over four years ago. Uh, as an intern, I decided, uh, I, you know, I want to start doing bigger things with film composing rather than doing small independent films or, you know, school projects. And I said, look, I'll do anything. I'll clean the bathrooms. I'll peel the tape off of walls. I'll do anything. I'll go get coffee 500 times a day. I don't care. I just want to be around because I want to learn. Um, and he was also a very big uh, inspiration of mine. And luckily they said, yeah, you, you know, we're accepting interns. So I started as an intern. I was an intern for eight months. Um, and then after those eight months, Klaus said, <laughs> I think I fooled him. He said, you're doing a very good job. Would you like to be my uh, technical assistant? Oh. Which, for the people that don't know what that is, basically it's one of the hardest jobs in the in the industry. You you know you you, you don't have your own schedule. Mm -hmm. um, you live on the composer's schedule, and being you know Klaus is one of the most technologically advanced people I've ever met. And you know being that there's a small team here, all everything works in different. Uh, manners and fashions. We have our own servers both here and, you know, remotely, locally, and everything is synced and everything needs to be up to date and you have to plug in cables and Klaus has four different setups all set up differently. And, it, you know, for about a year and a half, I did that. I handled all the everything, delivering the audio, uh, making any changes, um, making sure everything works and is up to date. But, you know, it was very good because you get to learn the whole industry from the bottom up. So I did that for about a year and a half, and then I started doing little, you know, recording guitar on, on some cues because, you know, Klaus found out, oh, I can play piano, I can play guitar. So you, you basically become his best friend. You go everywhere. You're like his third arm. Um, and so, we, you know, we were talking about music, always talking about music and what I can do, what I can't do, and, you, you know, you play. And... So I started recording guitars and piano and bass and writing a little bit of cues and arranging some stuff. And you're just continually going up and up and up. And then, you know, at some point he said, you want to help arrange and maybe write some cues on a film? Sure. I did that. And then um, you, know, you continually go. And then, you know, one day he came to me almost two years ago and said, hey, we have this film. Uh, it's a German TV film called uh, Marco Weiss or Marco Weiss. Mm hmm And it was on uh, Sat One, I believe, yep. and in Germany. And it, you know, it was a true story of you can look it up. And he said, you know, would you like to do that completely by yourself? I said, sure, um, I'd love to. And I, I, that was my first thing. I'm completely, completely by myself. Um, and that was tough because it was a lot of music, and it was all very emotional and very intense. So that was really, uh, that took a lot out of me. But yeah, and then, then you know, four or five films composing on my own later, you know, here I am. And that's the whole story of Klaus <laughs> and myself. Well, um, yeah, what is your big dream project? 
I don't know. You know, I you know I don't think to, you know to continue. I guess you know really my my big dream project is to never stop having projects because mm-hmm. um, I think everything everything new everything all new projects has something new and something you never anticipated and I think that's the most fun about film scoring is that if I could tell you exactly what I wanted, um, there would be no sense of adventure. Mm-hmm. Not knowing what I'm going to get makes every new project that much more interesting. Um, but yeah, I would, I think one day outside of film composing, I would love to compose um, solely for an orchestral piece. I think one day it would be wonderful, whether it's a ballet or it's a, a symphony or, or something like that. Um, I think that would be incredible, and to be able to conduct that as well, to be the conductor, uh, would be incredible to me. Mm-hmm. And what is your uh, next project coming up? Yeah, I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. There are a few things coming down the pipeline, but I can't say for sure um, just yet, because, of course, nothing's finalized. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, something very soon. Within the next month or so, and uh, I can talk more about it then. But as of right now, can't really say. Okay, so I ask you again in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, before the end, um, five words, five answers. Um, I call five terms, and you tell me just briefly what comes to your mind. Okay. Um, film music. Universal. Mm. Orchestra. Natural. Favorite movie? Oh, man. <laughs> Amadeus. Wow. Hollywood. Traffic. Mm. And <laughs> end of work. Three in the morning. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, um, yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Anne.